So what if instead of focusing on trying to figure out alcohol, you tried to figure out yourself. You learned how to do all of the things that you think alcohol is doing for you, but better. You tapped into really understanding what the messages from your body meant and how to use your emotions to your advantage and how to really expand your desires to get what it is you finally really want and have real, lasting, sustainable pleasure. That is possible for you, and it is all available to you in the self-study course, The Naturally Sober Woman. It is everything that I teach my one-on-one clients, but it is compact for you, lifetime access on demand at a super affordable price available to you right now. You're going to go to my website, marywagstaffcoach.com, right there. It'll say self-study course or follow the link in the show notes right here. Get in there. One short video, just the welcome ceremony. There's a commence, a beautiful commencement ceremony that really anchors you into your intention for wanting to make this change into your life will change your life forever. It'll put you on a trajectory of new possibility because the bigger your desire is, the easier it's going to be to say goodbye to alcohol. So go on over to my website, get inside of the Naturally Sober Woman, and I will see you in there. Do you ever feel like you're outgrowing alcohol, that you are longing for a deeper connection to life? If alcohol is keeping you playing small and feels like the one area you just can't figure out, you are in the right place. Hi, my name is Mary Wagstaff. I'm a holistic alcohol coach who ended a 20-year relationship to alcohol without labels, counting days, or ever making excuses. Now I help powerful women just like you eliminate their desire to drink on their own terms. In this podcast, we will explore the revolutionary approach of my proven five shifts process that gets alcohol out of your way by breaking all of the rules and the profound experience that it is to rediscover who you are on the other side of alcohol. I am so thrilled to be your guide. Welcome to your journey of awakening. Welcome to the show, my beautiful listeners. Thank you so much for being here for another episode of Stop Drinking and Start Living. And we have a very special treat today. So a past guest of mine um, and one of the magical mentors of my program, Freedom Chivarello, who's been on the show a couple of times, so graciously connected me with this beautiful, empowered woman who's out in the world sharing her magic and her story of moving through alcohol. And I'm just so excited to welcome her to the show today. Emily Smith, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Mary. Yes. It's so exciting. I was like, just when I was started reading through your work and then like knowing that you connected with freedom and then freedom connected you with me, it just made so much sense. And so I have to give her a little shout out next time I talk to her and say, thank you. Yes. Um, (laughs) Yes. Thank you, freedom. Um, So Emily, I would love for you to just start by telling our listeners today a little bit about you and what's present for you in life right now and what you're sharing with the world through, through, your work and all the things. Yeah, definitely. So right now I am an intuitive guide for career-driven women who are seeking to create alignment in their personal life and their professional life. And they don't know what's next. So they're looking for clarity on their next steps. And the work I do is mainly embodiment work, intuitive guidance, and coaching containers to support women in letting go of their past and really reprogramming their beliefs about themselves and what's possible. And so that they can leave being empowered and super clear on what lights them up and what is in alignment with their purpose. So that's a little bit about what I'm doing. Yes. I mean, it's such important work, right? It's kind of like, you know, finding that connection to our intuition. And that was something I really wanted to ask you. I saw on um, your website was about really 
understanding how how do we connect to our intuitive self. Um, and what's so funny about on your website is there's a picture of the oil forgive of doTERRA from doTERRA. Mm-hmm. And that's actually an oil. I actually use one of Freedom's blends now that I send to my clients, but that is the oil that I send, used to send to all of my clients um, as an embodiment practice. So I don't know if that's something, no if, that was, if that was an intentional picture or not. But. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely the, one of the first blends that I ever used too. And like, I'm still actually using it currently. And it's just so important because like forgiveness is such a, um, like if you don't practice forgiveness, it can be such a block to moving forward in life. So that I love that alignment there. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I've had so many tears and big cries using that oil. It's such a, it's such a powerful practice. So can you talk to me a little bit about how you really connect your clients to their intuitive self or help guide them there? What does that look like? Yeah. So it's in my belief that we all are naturally connected to our intuition. Like when we're born, when we grow up as kids and that over time, we are led to focus more on the external world and achievement and, you know, keeping up with the Joneses. And that disconnects us from this internal focus that we had where we were getting all the answers ourselves. So what I like to do is to lead clients back to their own inner world and like become aware of themselves, get to know themselves so that they can know what their own personal I like to call, you know, the signs of the universe are for them because some people will get signals from their intuition in the form of angel numbers, or some will feel it in their body viscerally and like everyone's different. So I take them through this process of getting to know themselves intimately. And we use a lot of different tools like astrology and human design. And that way it's really about knowing yourself and knowing what your intuition is telling you through your body, through your emotions and through your spirit. Yes. I love that. It's really listening to the, the internal voice I, and, you know, yeah. Got, yeah, getting the answers from within. And, you know, this message I feel like is becoming bigger and bigger. Right. And I talk about this all the time, the external authority versus, you know, inner authority and self-authority and when we are constantly, you know, your, your, your business guide to wholeness, right. And I talk about this all the time in my work too. It's like, when we are always looking to the outside for answers, of course, there's going to be a gap in alignment, right? I mean, it's just like, no one, no one can tell you how you feel on the inside. It's just not possible. (laughs) Right, right. Exactly. It always leads to decisions that you, you know, would never make on your own because you're just like, oh, I can go copy someone else. And that seems to be working for them. But it's like, you're, everyone is so unique um, that you, you have to look inwards and it's a practice too. It's not something you just like realize one day, oh, I have intuition. I can use that. It's like, you have to continuously like nurture that, like develop it, like going to the gym um, and practice that um, muscle so that you can really tune in because we all get distracted and we always like, can't always focus on um, meditating and being so clear on what our intuition is. So there's all these different practices that can connect you with your intuition. Yeah. Um, Yes. It is not just, (laughs) I'm going to be, I'm going to connect to my intuition. And in our world right now, it's so important. I find to really decide and discern on where we're placing our attention, Mm -hmm. right. And really be intentional about our attention because it's so easy to get pulled into another direction that, you know, especially if you're if when you are in a vulnerable position, right? Like when you're not happy at work, when you're not happy in a relationship and when you want to grow and expand, that is a time often when we have a tendency to be a little bit more easily influenced. So this work is just, it's, you know, it's so powerful for the person who at the time that they really need it, right? The most um, right. to be guided back to their wholeness. So tell us a little bit how you got guided to your wholeness and how you, you know, started doing this work. 
Yeah. So that was the start of my journey was in 2014. And I had just graduated college and I was ready to make my dreams come true. And I was just so ready to be done with school because of course I was looking to the external. So when I was in college, I was like, oh, I can't wait till I'm working. Like that's going to be so much better. And of course I get there and it's not better. It's actually worse. And I couldn't believe that I would be resigned to working in a cube for the rest of my life. So in my ideas and my mindset, I really made it my goal to move abroad to Europe and live in London. And so I just was like, this is how I'm going to step out of this boring office life. And I'm going to, you know, travel abroad and I'll have a really cool job. And that is what is going to make me happy. And so I had a lot of fun working towards that goal. And I have always been that way. Like when I have a goal, I just am you know, my happiest. However, so I was told, no, like you're too early in your career, like this can't happen. But what I had going for me on my side is I was a UK citizen because I was born in Edinburgh, Scotland, and my family's from there. So I was like, I can go anyway. So I didn't really feel like I needed my employer to get me a job over there, but I knew it was my best path to be transferred from a corporate office to um, their abroad offices. So that happened. I got to London and I don't know anyone and it feels like I'm starting completely over. And that is what like triggered this start of this awakening because I got what I wanted. I had made a goal and I made it happen and I was miserable. (laughs) I arrived to the office and it was a really huge company and very popular. And I was like, I have everything I need here. I have all the perks. I have like chef like made meals and there's yoga in between um, meetings and just a really cool office space. And that was the best part about the job. Otherwise, I couldn't stand the people I worked with. And there was a whole cultural barrier to where everyone on my team was from a different country and we had all started the same week. And so I just was like really under pressure, didn't like what I was doing and felt through my conditioning that I had to stay there and just tough it out because maybe it would get better or it would look really bad if I just changed my mind and was like, you know what, this isn't what I want. So I just, you know, ignored my own inner voice and tried to stay as long as I could until the universe then finally like forced me to leave and I was fired. And that was the first time that I was really obviously like in my career fired and I took it very personally And I just felt like my life was over at that point. And I was in my early 20s. I tried to get a job in London, still stayed around. And a couple months were going by and I was like, I'm really not happy here. And I just moved back to Boston and was like, okay, I have to start over. And I did the same thing. I repeated the pattern. I just chose jobs because I needed money. And I ignored my own needs until it happened like two or three times where I would just work at a job a couple months and either I would quit or be let go. And I was like, I can't keep this. I have to do something new. And that was when I really took a different path and started healing myself. I took a integrative coaching certification to really understand how my mental body affects my physical body and my emotional body, my spiritual body. And I did that first just for my own learning. And then I realized like I was being drawn to these other modalities like Reiki and essential oils. And I got certified in those areas. And I just started sharing what I was learning on my website, on my blog. And one thing would lead to a next um, thing. And I would just um, start hosting different workshops and really building um, an audience and a community around these tools. And at the same time, I was really becoming clear on like, okay, this is what I want to be doing for my career, but I also want to be making money in different ways. And my original career from university was marketing. And so I started to dive deep into the process of like, well, what area of marketing would I actually want to be in. And that was when I really had to do all the mindset work of like, 
you get to do what you actually want to do and you can allow yourself to have that because I was still really caught up in that mindset of like, you have to take the best of what's out there. You have to do what you should do and what's logical. And I wasn't even allowing myself the possibility of like, I could actually really enjoy a full-time job and have a business and help people um, find work that they love and create a life that they love. So I really did this whole deep diving process um, from 2018 to 2019 of like excavating in myself, like what is it I actually want out of life and clearing out what beliefs were in the way of that. And I started coaching people to do the same. And I realized that it all starts with your mindset and you won't be able to make lasting change in your life if you don't have the clarity around what it is that you want and that you have released the blocks around that. Because for me, I had just seen it from my family's programming growing up of like, you have to work a job you don't like. Like you don't even get to even think of having something that you like because everything is focused on survival. And and like I love my parents and I know they were doing the best and I've gone through all that forgiveness work. And the fact of the matter was they were immigrants from the UK and my mom's from France. And so there was like that immigrant mindset of like, we have to fit in, we have to um, get good jobs and like have that security. And so I just picked up on that and it was really stepping out of that family mindset and going on my own path that led me to be empowered in this way. And I really dive deep into that in my book that you have to heal from your past, from your upbringing in order to create a new set of beliefs to really define what you actually want. Wow. Yeah. It sounds like the you really were listening to the signs of the universe. It's And, and really that is how we can come into a more aligned life. I always say there's there's always a blessing in everything. I mean, I kind of feel like I have to believe that. Um, so even through your trials and tribulations, right? It's like, it's the journey that gets you to, to where you need to be. Yes, totally. Like I had to go through those experiences and otherwise I wouldn't be where I am today. And even in my journey with alcohol, I have a chapter in my book, chapter five called alcoholism. And it was like that whole journey really freed me to be able to go on this journey because I stopped drinking in 2016 when I was living in New York city. And like I mentioned, I repeated the pattern of London and I was like, I'll just go to a new big city and like, that will make it better. And I was just like chasing, um, you know, like I was just chasing myself and like running away from myself. And it wasn't until I faced the issue with alcohol that then I had the clarity to see like, oh, I actually don't like where I am. Whereas with alcohol, I would just drink and numb those feelings and just like be able to ignore it. Like once I stopped drinking, it was like, oh God, like this is not a fit at all. Oh my gosh. Yes. Well, we should talk about that too, because <laughs> one of um, I, the podcast I just put out um, this last week, I'm not sure when we'll, when we'll hear this one, but um, I said, you know, we think we want to alter our state of consciousness to kind of have a new experience of the world or to numb out. Um, but if you really want to alter your state of consciousness, examine your beliefs. Because that's really what can blow your mind wide open, right? And um, so tell me a little bit about what became, well, let's start a little bit about alcohol. Like when did you know that the road of alcohol was no longer working for you? Yeah, so I, there were you know, I would say like four or five years where I knew there were issues and I had been seeing a therapist for alcohol, but it was more so for my dad's alcoholism. And in those sessions though, I became clear, like, I don't have control over this. So I would go out with friends and the therapist recommended, you know, that you, um, you cap the number of drinks that you have and that, 
like I be the designated driver so that I couldn't drink as much. And I would try doing that and it wouldn't really work. Like I would be the driver, but then I would still be drinking. And then that was when I was in Boston. And then I moved to New York and I just had access to alcohol in every way possible, like happy hours. It was so cheap. And uh, the work culture really revolved around drinking. So you would drink with clients, you would drink after work with colleagues. And it was just when I had all this access that I was like so aware that I couldn't control it. And I went on a vacation with friends where I had not drank for a month leading up to it because I was also taking um, Zoloft at the time. And so again, I had to then even more so be careful with the drinking and I wasn't. Um, and so I, I just took a month off and I was like, this will be my reset. And I went on the vacation and I started out with a drink. I was just drinking a beer on my own before my friends arrived to dinner. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll manage this. And, you know, when we go out, I'll drink water some nights. And I did do that. However, by the end of the trip, I was literally back to the pattern before of like Mm -hmm. at least four drinks a night. And I was like, wow, it only took one week for me. Number one, because I had friends where like the sole activity was drinking. So we were going Mm -hmm. on bar crawls and like uh, all these kind of like booze cruises, things like that. So I just went right back to it. And that happened for maybe like a month or so more. And there was just one night where um, I'd actually been drinking all day with a friend. And then she suggested like, let's go out after. This is a Sunday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we hadn't really eaten because we never did. We would just like be drinking and not focused on our actual, you know, physical needs of eating. And I woke the next morning just not remembering anything that happened the night before. And I just knew like, I can't do this anymore. Like now this is affecting my work. Like I couldn't go to work that day. Mm -hmm. And that was the last day. And I went to an AA meeting that night. um, And I just heard a story of one of the speakers talking about their journey of drinking for 30 years and how they almost died like multiple times. And that was just enough for me to be like, okay, this is my decision. I'm no longer drinking. I don't know what that means, but I just, I can't do it anymore. And I really realized that that was a gift from my dad to me because he uh, died from alcoholism that same year of 2016 when I stopped drinking. So it was almost like, you know, you're so close to that. And I saw that like, this could be me if I don't change anything. Yeah. I am so sorry that that is the experience that you had to go through. Thank you. Yeah. And, um, but what, uh, like you said, what a gift of awareness to, to be able to, to see that because not, not everyone has that ability to, to really recognize that in themselves. And, you know, it's like the, the, the chemical of alcohol can take such a hold over our beliefs, um, that it's, it's like, oh, you know, I can do it different or not me, even when it can be so blatant in front of you, you know? Um, and what I've really discovered from this work is that it takes over the beliefs of most people who, who drink regularly. Now, of course, if you drink more, it has more of a physical impact on the brain and the body. Um, but it really does affect the belief system of most people who drink because it's a very normal, normal thing, um, to drink in our culture. Like you said, it's clients, colleagues. Um, so tell me a little bit about what did, what were some tools that you used to, uh, to move through that? I mean, you were still in New York, you were still in the culture, you have the loss of your father and you don't go back to alcohol as a quote unquote tool. What, what tools are you using to maintain this, um, this new direction for you? Yeah. So I, I tried, um, many different like AA meetings or other types of alcohol 
groups and they didn't resonate. And so I started researching online, like holistic ways to um, manage like alcoholism or what do you do when you stop drinking? And I had started meditating at that point. So I was really like going down this path of healing. And I saw this blog online um, and it's really, I don't know if it's named this anymore. It was like hip sobriety. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And her blog was talking about all these like natural remedies to like not crave alcohol. And one of them was essential oils. And so I was like, okay, I'll get this diffuser and start working with oils. And that was like my first piece. And I continued working with a therapist. Um, I finally ended up taking short-term leave at that point because I had not really grieved like my dad at all. I had just like kept pushing through because I thought I was like supposed to do that. And this is like the time where I could really like look in inwards and find tools. So I went to yoga every day. I had a yoga studio next to my apartment and I started to look at my diet as well because I started realizing the root of why I was drinking was the anxiety and depression that I had. And I was, okay, well, how do I heal that? Because that seems to be what I drink in social situations where I feel anxious. And I then just, I moved back to Boston. And then that's when I started going down the path of um, coaching, integrative life coaching and being more confident in myself because I realized like the root cause was my own beliefs and feelings about myself. Yeah. Wow. So good. I'm so glad that you got connected with the essential oil practice and um, well, and you know, I just want to say to our listeners, you know, all of these things that Emily's talking about is is this, you know, this, her, her practice is, you know, all about wholeness within. And that is what we talk about on the show all the time. And these specific tools, the essential oils, the meditation, the yoga, it's not like I just do them. And then I don't want to drink anymore. They are, you know, from a scientific perspective, they are these opportunities to start to become more of a witness to your own experience, right? To, to seeing that there's this, this, this other world happening inside of you that, you know, and I don't really like to blame the past or, you know, like, you know, you said with your parents, it's like, they were doing the best they knew how out in our culture and our world, you know, maybe some of it's intentional to kind of keep people in their place or whatever, but it's, Mm -hmm it's not, it's a little bit of a waste of my time anyway, to say like, Oh, you know, we're not taught this. We're not whatever, but it's like, these tools are here and they're available to us. And the thing about yoga and meditation are these are ancient sciences, right. And that we have access to. So whatever modality, um, really resonates with you. And I'm just kind of talking to the collective you now that makes you feel, you know, some sense of, peace and an ability to just be with yourself, um, is where, you know, I would start to look at the process. And, um, I just wanted to ask you, um, you know, what is something that you suggest for people to find their next steps when they're in a place where they're feeling confused? I mean, whether it's because of addiction, um, or grief or loss or career, what, what are some of the things that you start to, to recommend for people? Yeah. So what I was recommend at this time was, um, that I share now with everyone is to go in nature and sit there and have a journal and just be, asking your intuition, your higher self, like, what do you need to hear and journaling what comes through? And there's something with the connection of nature that wants to be there to support you and come through and you can tap more easily into spirit that way. Um, So that would be my first um, recommendation. And then the second would be asking for help. So I grew up with the mindset of you have to do everything on your own. And I also wanted to be approved and I didn't 
like not being seen as perfect. And so a huge block, I think for me had been not asking for help. And so seeking out help for it's too late. Um, and not that it, it would be too late, but before you're like really in a darker place, um, asking for help. And so for me, that started out with AA and then, you know, setting up calls with people that I met that had also stopped drinking. And I was like, okay, how are you doing that? Because it is such a lifestyle change that you need to get clear on what decisions you have to be making making that are best for you. And for me, like that was the scariest part was like, I don't know what to do next. So who can I talk to that's like gone through something Mm -hmm. similar and see what they did and not that I'll even necessarily do it, but I'm like gathering information in that way. Yes. I love that. Um, and you know, the essential oils practice and freedom talks about this freedom is our like essential oils plant guru is the essential oils are plants. They are nature and they are a therapeutic, you know, I don't really like to call them medicine, but they have a therapeutic Mm. quality, right. Where, um, they meet the person where there is a, an imbalance and they just kind of have this natural intuition of knowing like where to go. Um, and the other thing, like with the nature piece of it that I'm hearing you say is, um, in the same with the essential oils. And I like to think of essential oils as kind of like nature on the go. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. And that's why it's like the, it seriously is the only, um, I do some people crystals now too, but it is the only like external tool that I really give people because all the other work we're doing really from the inside, but it, it gives you a moment of direct experience of a you know, sacred pause, um, to just get out of your, you know, living through your head and live through your body. Yeah. They communicate with your emotions and, um, like give you signals as to, um, how to move through different emotions. So there is even mm. peppermint was like the first one that I use because that helps with addiction and almost helps you like rise above emotions. So you can, like you were saying, be the witness of them. And um, cinnamon oil too is meant for addiction in that sense. So it's like, again, you're becoming aware of like, oh, what's driving you to drink. And then you're releasing that. And it all is talking the oils are speaking to your limbic system through your sense of smell. So mm-hmm. yeah, it is bringing you more into your body and out of your mind. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love them so much. Um, yeah. And then the other piece of asking for help, I just think, and I, you and I talked about this in our conversation where there's something about, you know, self-help, like spiritual help or mental and emotional help that has the stigma different from any other way we we would ask for help, right? When it's help to go inward, there's like a negative to it, or at least that's how it's been. It's it's becoming more and more except widely accepted. But when it's like help to go outward, right? Achievement, success in the more traditional way that is encouraged, right? Um, so I think it's just so important to really ask yourself, you know, whoever's listening is why is this different, right? Why if, you know, say I get a tutor for a course I'm doing or for school, why is that different than getting, you know, kind of an emotional tutor or whatever, which is really what a coach coach is in so many ways. Cause either way, they're just helping you with the results that you want in your life. So what do you think the difference is? Why do you think there is a stigma around that? Yeah, I was going to say that's such a um, important awareness to have because I do think we're still, like it's very easy to quantify um, our achievements. Like it's very easy to say, oh, look, like I want to get promoted. Like that happened. And it's much harder to, quantify and celebrate like spiritual changes unless you are making your that your focus and you know it's hard to look at in the day-to-day like oh I'm making all these changes but if you really look back like a year back and all the spiritual work you've done you you just can't even recognize yourself so I think it's just that same shift to the focus on the internal more as you're 
barometer of success and um and living from that internal place instead of the external place for validation um and achievement yes yeah that's so true yeah it's like one of my coaches calls it you know intangible right results yeah like you you you're the only I mean of course people see them it's like wow you're you know you've I'm sure people have that know you know that how much you've shifted in your you know your presence but yeah it's not like oh, I see these numbers on a screen or I'm at this new office, right? So those intangible results are the hardest ones to sell ourselves on, Um, but they're the most profound, they're the ones that have the most profound impact. And when you start from that place, then the tangible results become not only, it's not even that they become like less, it's not that they're less important, it's that they, if they're more fun to create, right? <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. Your happiness isn't dependent on them happening or coming to fruition. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and this might lead us a little bit into our next question of really like living the life of your dreams. And, you know, what does that even mean? And what do you think holds, holds people back from doing that? Yeah, I, from what I see is so many people don't even give themselves the permission and they have this belief that says, oh, someone else can have that, but I can't have it. And for whatever reason. Um, And so it's really like the first step is giving yourself permission and then so much can shift and move from there. And then once you do give yourself permission, it's like, about getting absolute clarity on what it is that would make you happy. And so that's more of like the soul searching journey and the experimentation journey, because from what I found, it's like, sometimes you can feel so certain and so clear that something is for you. And then you go and do it. And it's like, oh no, that's not at all what I thought it was. (laughs) Um, We're really good at like telling ourselves like the grass is green on the other side. So it's like always, um, I love Simon Sinek's talk, um, start with why, like, mm-hmm. why do you want this thing in your life? Like, why do you want to experience this? And then if you go even deeper, it's like, well, what is the emotion that you want to be feeling? Because there's a million ways to experience that, but you'll want to find obviously the way that um, is best for your energy. And so then once you have the clarity, it's like you are envisioning it and you are feeling into those feelings. And you're clearing the beliefs that are in the way of that because that whole, your whole subconscious then is driving the ship and driving your life. And it's a matter of like getting into contact with those beliefs. And that's why I really like the embodiment practice of breath work because you get so much insight and clarity. It's like a psychedelic experience um, where you could see like, oh, I have this belief about life, about myself. And that actually doesn't serve me. So I, so much of these beliefs, it's like, we're not even aware of them in our mental mind and they are buried in our subconscious. So we have to get in our subconscious, which is what essential oils do too, and release it that way so that we can then move forward and not have those holding us back. Oh my gosh. Yes. There's so much good stuff here. I, I love this, um, idea of gaining clarity from the why. And I, I talk about Mm -hmm. that often of starting the, starting the thoughts and the actions with the, the underlying intention, I call it your heartfelt intention, right? So start with the result. And because everything we do is because of of a, of an emotion, right? Because we, you know, we want this house, we want this job, we want this family, even the money too, is because we think it's going to make us feel a certain way. Yeah. And so, yeah, when you can get, and I think that's a great, because I think oftentimes it's like, well, how do I gain the clarity? Right. Well, it's really getting understanding what is the end result that you're really looking for. And like you said, there's so many ways to create an emotion. I mean, the capacity for happiness is really available to all of us in any moment, depending on what beliefs, you know, if we're in touch with our subconscious beliefs and kind of clearing those up. So I really love that. I think that's so, um, so much 
really beautiful wisdom for our listeners to just kind of start to, to think about this why and, um, and the emotion. And one of the other things that you said was, you know, once you kind of get clear on that is starting to, to envision it. And I, I love breath work too. And the essential oils, it's like, mm-hmm. have to clear the field a little bit so that we can, in the emotional body, so we can access higher states of consciousness, just so we can be that witness and, and be in a place of the witness even more neutral. So, um, so when you're envisioning this process, um, talk to me a little bit about this, this really the process of like manifestation, right? So you get clear on what you want and then you're moving into the process of actually creating it. Yeah. Yeah. So I love to take clients through my manifestation process and we do this exercise with, um, called a mind movie. And basically it is once you've getting the clarity on the why it's getting together, like almost like a vision board, but putting it into a PowerPoint slide and adding music that evokes certain emotions that you want to feel when you're in those places or in those um, new outcomes that will inspire you. And then I have my clients watch this video and they really start to like imprint those images and feel the emotions of what it's like having what they desire. And it's really cool to see and almost kind of creepy that they'll be like, oh my God, in that picture of this Airbnb, like I actually stayed somewhere like that looks exactly like that because again, it's just like telling your subconscious, okay, like let's go and create that in the external world. So that's one of my favorite tools to bring about this. But I also really like human design because once I am working with someone and I understand their design type, that will help them in making decisions that will help them manifest. So for example, I'm a, are you familiar with human design? Yeah, I am. Um, maybe you could tell our listeners just briefly what a little bit about what human design is, because I feel like it's kind of a new modality for some people. It is. And before I dive into my whole type, um, yeah, so human design is a system similar to astrology and it incorporates the chakra system, um, astrology, the Kabbalah, the I Ching, um, and it really has um, different energy types that everyone is put into and you figure your type by your birthday, time and place. And it's the most accurate tool I have found for self-discovery and self-awareness. And it really helps you be clear on how your energy functions and what your energy signature is and your purpose. And so once you understand your human design, you can start to, um, number one, accept yourself in the moment and become aware of your unique gifts and how you function. And then number two, make better decisions because you know exactly what to look out for. So for me, for example, I'm a reflector. And so for my decision-making process and what I want to manifest, I have to wait 30 days and work with the moon cycle. And what happens during that is different areas of my chart light up as the moon passes through um, with the phases and my mindset will change and decisions will change during that. So once I did that, I found that I actually got to live in the um, house I want to live in, have the job that I want, because I could be so clear, like, oh, this is a yes for me. Whereas before I would really try and like rush decisions and jump into things and it would never work out. And um, so that just gave me permission to take my time and to not feel like I'm going to lose in, like live in this um, scarcity mindset. Um, And so that's just one type. But once you understand your human design, you really um, give yourself permission to create in the way that feels best for you. Oh, yeah. I love that example because decision-making is such a big part of, you know, (laughs) our day. Yeah. Right. And, you know, for some people, and I haven't, I, I actually, I know what human design is, but I haven't really got into it. Um, but where like, you know, I'm, uh, I'm kind of assuming that maybe another person it, it's, 
it's more powerful for them to just go with their first instinct, right? Yes. Generators. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and then I really love this too, because, you know, it's like, it gives you this, like you said, this guide of acceptance to, to really just maybe see some facets of yourself that in tendencies that you have and yeah, accept them that we are all unique. And, um, maybe you have this great idea, but it's, it's kind of fueled by emotion. And so it's better for you to kind of see it through and really make more of an informed decision. Right. So, um, yeah, it's such a beautiful tool for just kind of exploring personality types because we're all unique. And that is, um, you know, I can imagine like that we all manifest a little bit differently too. So, um, I kind of got you off of that subject a little bit, but, um, yeah, we were, so we were talking about, about manifestation and that, that, that is one of the tools that you, Mm -hmm. you start to use for, for people. Um, how do you see that playing out for people like personally, as far as figuring out how to kind of work with manifestation techniques on, on their own? Yeah. So it is, um, a very obviously spiritual process. And I do find that a lot of it does come down to belief at the end of the day, like you can be doing, um, I also have practice of journaling and like writing out everything that you want and getting so specific and clear, but it's a really a matter of, um, then I believe like it's really opening you up to your healing that needs to happen in order to bring it into fruition. And so it's cool that manifesting can be this personal growth journey because you'll have to, and I even saw this in my own experience of um, manifesting at that time. I didn't even, I had an idea, I guess, when I moved to London, I had read the book, The Secret, and I was kind of going off of that, but I was manifesting from my ego. And that was the problem because I was just focusing on the external. And so now I really see how important it is to become aware of your internal world. And that becomes a process of seeing like, why you need to change as a person. Like you're going to have to do things that you have never done before to have what you've never had before. I believe that's the quote. Um, And so that becomes a process of like really stepping into your leadership and empowerment um, because you have to be in alignment. So a lot of things need to line up internally in order to create this. And Sometimes a lot of time goes by and I think people can get discouraged and it's like, but that's the time that's needed for you to be in this place of receiving what it is you want. And that's, I would say that's 50% of manifesting is like being in that receiving mode. Yes. Oh my God. I love that quote so much that you have to do things you've never done before to have things you've never had. Like it seems obvious, but (laughs) Like I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep doing the same thing and just hope for a different result. Right. Right. Exactly. Like you have to get uncomfortable in order to have something you haven't had. Yeah. I just kind of dared my whole audience um, to go (laughs) do something absolutely wild, like something that was just going to connect them to their own experience and just like a way they've never, never done before. So I'm curious to see if anyone reaches out with, um, with any success with that. Um, cause I, that's kind of my thing is like, I'm just going to put myself in as, in as many new environments as I possibly can. And like, nothing's permanent. Right. So I'm good. Like if it doesn't work, it's good, yeah, <laughs> but exactly. But why not? Um, you know, and then that clarity about, um, that really have, I love that. Like you were manifesting from the ego versus, you know, going on the internal and that's kind of what this whole conversation has been about. Really. I, you know, it's like that finding the wholeness within so that everything else I say this often is a bonus. It's like, if I'm good here in this moment, then, you know, 
if I get that amazing job, that's a bonus or, you know, anything, any little moment of life. Right. But we have that ability from our belief system to always kind of just come back to this moment here, this moment now where like everything, you know, nothing's, nothing's wrong right now in this very moment, right in front of you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree with that. Nothing's missing. And, and yeah, you're, happiness, your sense of peace is not dependent on anything external, um, then you already have everything and everything else external is just a bonus. I love that. Yeah. Um, so tell me a little bit about, uh, if someone got your book, would they be able to find examples of some of the things we've talked about today inside of your book? Yes. Yeah. So I go through, um, the healing process of coming to a space of wholeness. And I have examples of working with my clients and I dive deeper to kind of each of the topics we talked about, the plants, the manifestation, knowing yourself, and you can follow this framework and really do this work to self-heal from the book. Wonderful. And the book itself yeah. is called Wholeness Within, which is, well, you're, you're guide to wholeness, but just so people know, and we'll make sure everyone has all of the links for that. So if you're interested in some of the stuff that Emily's been talking about today, her book would be a really great resource to start to, you know, look at this getting clear, um, manifestation and maybe, you know, just some of the other processes that she's taken herself through and other people through. Um, and because we are here talking about alcohol as well, there was just a couple of questions that I think could really be awakening for people. Um, how do you feel like addiction is a spiritual issue? How has that shown up for you? Ooh, yes. So I talk about this in the book of, first of all, the name of alcohol, like you see um, spirits. And I always wondered like, why is that? But I see it as um, you being disconnected with your soul is an invitation for alcohol to kind of step in and take over and like manifest as addiction. And I have just noticed that even in myself, um, you know, whenever I was blackout, it was like, I was still able to come in and I understand from a spiritual perspective now, like when you are under the influence, you do invite entities in and they can just like kind of step in and like act like through you, which is a little scary, but I really see it as, um, a block to connection with yourself and the universe. And if you remove that, um, it's not like you just automatically are connected to your spirit and universe. Like it does take those practices and the journey of um, waking up to the wholeness within. But I just see that alcoholism is that missing connection that you have to yourself and spirit. Yes. Oh my gosh. I had a guest on one time earlier in the podcast um, that said, talked about being blacked out and how, because when you're blackout, you're, you're, you're like functioning. Right. But it's kind of yeah. like this, this shell of you. And she said, you know, I really feel like my higher self says, see ya. Exactly. <laughs> I, don't, like, I don't have any part of this. And then like, yeah, the spirit of alcohol, comes in and takes over and really leaves you susceptible to these energies and these ways of being that is just completely out of alignment with how you would naturally be, regardless of how spiritually connected you are in your day to day, right? It's just this alteration of your natural self. And, um, but I really, and, and so like the fact that you can be fully walking around and yes. not have any concept of it. Yeah. It really, it really is like this spirit. And I haven't done a lot of research on the word itself, but, um, I've thought about it a lot as well. And I, I've just always assumed that that's kind of what it was. It was just this other spirit coming inside and just kind of taking over you. Um, which is really terrifying actually. Yeah, it is. It. It's like, yeah, I mean, it's like, um, having a completely different entity coming in and thinking about it in that way. It's like, okay, 
I want to be in control of my decisions. Um, so what do you, yeah. What do you think really triggers a spiritual awakening? Yeah. So I think any major life event that um, challenges your current worldview and set of beliefs can trigger an awakening. And so for me, I think I had multiple awakenings and I do think that it can continue to happen over a lifetime. But London for me, when I moved there, that was like my first awakening because I had that ego death, I guess you could say. Um, And so that was the first one. And then when my dad passed away, like grief, that's a huge spiritual awakening. And anything that, again, I had to become a different person in a sense once I went through grief because it was someone that was bottling up all my emotions and that unleashed the emotions and that put me on a path to working with a therapist and like, becoming aware of emotions that before I just was like, I'm not allowed to have emotions. Like I don't have time for that. (laughs) Like, um, so yeah, I would say any major life event. Um, and again, major on a spectrum too, like you might change friend groups or you might change jobs. Like it can be, it doesn't have to be like a huge life event. Right. Yeah. It's relative. Um, do you feel like that moment after you, you know, got back from vacation with, um, or no, sorry, it wasn't after you got back from vacation, but after that, when you had woke up that morning, after you had been out with your, your friend and you were like, listen, this is, this is it. What do you feel like alcohol in itself can be a catalyst for a spiritual awakening because of the disconnection? Absolutely. Absolutely. I would say like that, yeah, waking up that morning was the start of a spiritual awakening because I just decided like I wasn't going to live my life that way anymore. And I I had been living that way for the last, I guess, like 12, 15 years. So Mm -hmm. I I didn't know what was on the other side, but I knew that I had tried every possible way to live life with it. And I just, I couldn't do it anymore because now it was taking over like my own values. Like I value my work and like how I'm present for that. And I show up and I felt like alcohol had taken that from me. And so I absolutely think alcohol can be a catalyst um, for spiritual growth because then you have to find a new belief to get you through life. And like, at that point I was like, I can get through life and like enjoy life as long as I drink with friends uh, on the weekend and blackout. Like that was that belief. And it was like, no, I needed to find a new way of like how I can be present, how I can feel fulfilled. And that's what really I started meditating and um, going down the path of working with Reiki. And so that all that happened though, once I stopped drinking and had clarity because the drinking was numbing and it was just like, um, and then of course, like I did go through just moving addictions around a bit. And so I do think like alcohol is one thing, but then I just moved it to pot right after. And I was like, oh, I also can't do that. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. And I think that that's, you know, part of the journey too, is really like that it's the disembodiment. Like it's not, it's not a, it's really not even about the alcohol. It's just about you. Right. So it could be any one number of things. Um, but yeah, it's so, 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 so powerful. And that, the thing that you said about the values, that's something I do with my clients where we really just start the process by you know, cause some, that's something we don't do. You know, I feel like we do it in school a little bit, like talk about values. And then as you become an adult, it's like the reason that most people are listening to this is because they feel a disconnect because there's Mm -hmm. some lack of meaning in their life that they want. And really what that is, is there's a, an, a disalignment with their values and maybe they don't even know what those values are. Um, but, and then you can start to move forward from that place where you're really focusing your attention on being fulfilled by, you know, manifesting 
your values, you know, in everything that you do and really focusing on those. And it's like, it's just a shift. You know, I say it's honestly, it's just a shift of perspective. And it's like, alcohol seems like such a big thing because it is, but when you just kind of turn, you know, even just a few degrees and you start to look at life just through a little bit of a different lens, wow, there's just like all these possibilities start to open up to you. Um, but like you said, you have to gain clarity, you have to ask for help and you you have to start to just take those moments of, of connection really with yourself. Um, so I wanna make sure that people know how to work with you and a little bit of why someone would come and work with you. And I know, you know, career, spiritual career coaching and business coaching is something that you work more deeply with. So what are the signs for someone that, that they're in a career that isn't, isn't serving you and what are the effects of that? Oh yeah. So it can show up in a couple different ways. Um, but the main thing is that you have a feeling that something is off and, and you don't know why. And like you we were saying about values, like it, those change over time too. So like what made sense for you a year or a year or two ago might not anymore. So if you notice a shift in like something feels off, that's the first sign. Um, another sign is you're getting into like productive kind of squabbles with people that you work with. And for me and for the people that I work with, I always see this as like, there's a deeper meaning behind it. Like say if you constantly go head to head with one person um, and you just don't get along with them and it's just like not working. It's like, there's something out of alignment for you to even have that in your experience. So take that as like a sign of, okay, what is this telling me? Um, and again, like, I'm not talking about like one-off things. I'm talking about like repeated issues that like don't go away. Um, it's almost the universe is like making it so uncomfortable for you to do something. And a lot of times we won't do something and make a change unless we are prompted to, because comfort is also very addicting and it's a lot harder to go into the unknown. So I would say if you're noticing something's off and that you're not getting along with those around you um, and if you're getting home and you just have no energy um, and you don't have it for your hobbies or any other projects and you kind of like take that lingering feeling of something is off at work home. Um, And I noticed this is like, I work with career driven women. So like career is important to them. And it's not necessarily like you come home and you turn off, right? Like you're still getting ideas um, that flow through you. And it's when you're like, it's your dissatisfaction at work is like seeping into your personal life. Or if you're not valued at work um, or treated right, and then you kind of like take that low self-esteem with you and other areas of your life, then that's also a sign that it's time to change. And again, once you address everything on um, that you have control over, like, and those issues are, are still there, then you know that those are some signs that a change could make a huge difference. Yeah, those are some pretty clear signs, stuff that I've never really thought of. And um, I would say the other sign might be if you are trying to dissociate using alcohol. Yes, exactly. <laughs> if you're, Well, yeah, if you're like, um, you know, one of the things I think I read um, on your on your website was, you know, just and we talked about was just like, this is just how it is. I always say that that's such a huge sign too. When you tell yourself, this is just the way that it is going to be right. Or like when you resign yourself to a career, when you resign yourself to a life of alcohol, I'm always going to be a drinker. That's just how it is. That to me is a clear sign that change is necessary. (laughs) Yeah, I completely agree. Like once you, you just like kind of put yourself in victim mode and there, and there's no, nothing you can do. It's like, okay, like now you have to do something. 
Yes, absolutely. Well, I am sure there are so many listeners here who we talked about so many different topics, but you know, again, it's the human experience. It is a holistic process and it intertwines. So um, what is the best way for people to find out more about you working with you, just getting to know you a little bit more after the show? Yeah. So my website is guidetowholeness.com and I post um, almost daily on LinkedIn. So you could find me there. Um, Emily Smith. Okay. Yes. That's so awesome. And on Emily's website, she has a link to her book and the her podcast and all of the other amazing things that we talked about. So make sure to check that out. And Emily, thank you so much for your wisdom and your insight. And there's just so much here. And really, I just see this process, this work. I just like to give myself and you props for <laughs> really, you know, doing the heart work of blazing the trails to invite people into their own heart, you know, because it's like, we're not here to tell someone the way to do it. It's we're here to guide people into discovering their way to do it. And um, the more people we have as leaders of their own life, the more problems we can solve in the world, the more peaceful the world can be. And we won't be as threatened by other people's beliefs that may conflict with our own when we're living from our own authentic place. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Mary. I love talking with you all about this and really align with your beliefs around alcoholism and the spiritual awakening process. And it is the heart work. I love that for you so much. Yes. Well, thank you and um, have a wonderful day, everyone. Hey, if you are finally ready to get alcohol out of your way for good and discover what lies ahead, I want to invite you into the Stop Drinking and Start Living program where you will learn to do what alcohol does for you on your own, but way better. The best part is you don't have to do any of it alone. Just click the link in the show notes or visit my website, marywagstaffcoach.com to schedule a call with me where together we will plan the next phase of your life on purpose. I'll talk to you soon.